Spotify you want to listen to some Tool? No, no Spotify. I, I I haven't haven't used you in like a week. I've been using iTunes music. But I'm here. I know. But I got I, Tool. You want to listen to some Tool? I, I, no, I, I've listened to Tool enough already. But you I've, hooked me up to Bluetooth. You want to listen to me? I No, no Spotify. Stop it. Stop it, Spotify. Oh, come on. You're so aggressive. Fucking Spotify. You feel personally Anytime attacked by Spotify. Anytime you hook your phone up to Bluetooth, Spotify 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 is like, hey, are you looking for me? <laughs> I see you hooked yourself up to some Bluetooth. You want to listen to some tunes? Oh, you're not a premium member, though. Oh, oh, you want to listen to an album from start to finish from 1 through 14? Nah, I can't do that. Can't Shuffle do that. or nothing, baby. No, here's like the same Macy's ad three times in a row, though. Oh, you want to listen to four songs by this artist in a row? No, I got suggestions, baby. Look, I know that we're hanging out. Under this one artist, but you know who's like this artist? Is this, this artist, artist who is completely not like this artist at all? <laughs> but I go. want you to listen to it. You should listen to it. Or you could pay me. Yo, bitch, why don't you pay me? You Give can do what money. you want. And it worked on me. Totally it worked on me. You fell for it. I'm okay with it, though. I don't mind having Spotify. I like it better than Amazon Music. I still listen to Amazon Music. No, I, I don't disagree. Amazon Music's still good, but I just like Spotify yeah. a little bit more. And it's only eight bucks. Oh, no. Spot- oh, Amazon Music, yeah. Spotify yeah. is ten, which is some bullshit. But don't you get Hulu with it? No. But also, Hulu ain't going to work on my fucking wireless box anymore. So, fuck Hulu. Yeah, honestly, like these streaming devices need to... Uh, step it up. Or step it down. Cool their jets. Uh, big for their britches. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that anyway. was that was uh, that was quite, a tangent. That was quite the right tangent the bat. about Spotify. Here we are, though, because Spotify is Doctor Roxo. No, yeah, Spotify it's is just Doctor Roxo. Hey, I got some tunes. <laughs> I totally got some tunes for you, though. You want to listen? You want to listen to Justin Bieber? I got the new hits. How about the new R and B? I know you're listening to Tool, but this new Justin Bieber track is hot, baby, hot. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, no. Spotify is just Doctor Roxo. Let's yeah, be but I mean, everyone's listening to Tool on Spotify right now. So. Yeah, I know that because everyone shit their pants. Everybody lost it, and I'm just like, guys, you've heard these albums like a million times, but it's, now you can listen to them on Spotify. On Spotify, you no, you can listen to three songs, and then Spotify will give you fifteen from somebody else. That's true. So it's not news, guys. Also, it's just the same shit on a different platform. If you are that you into already tool, own the albums. Yeah. If you're that into Tool, you already own the albums. This is what I'm saying. Welcome to Rock Candy. <laughs> Where I have turned into Paul Reiser from oh fucking God. mad about you. This She's, is what I'm saying. Oh. She's getting, you're getting real Paul Reiser on I'm me. I'm real Paul Reiser. Does that Reiser make me Helen right Hunt? Sure. Because I'm okay with that. All right. All right. Or well, I, I be... mean, that makes sense because... We're not going to have a baby, so. No. Isn't and that, that was, what ruins their marriage? Yeah, pretty much. It was real dark at yeah. the end of Mad About You, man. Yeah. Still, really good show. I liked it. Welcome to Rock Candy. Hey, we are to- not a Mad About You podcast. <laughs> we are your weekly podcast that brings you sweet treats from the world of music. And we are your lovely hosts. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. Look it. I'm remembering to do this at the beginning <laughs> of the episode now. We are gonna after just... we've already done the bad Doctor Roxo impression. But I feel like people can relate to that. I hope so. Because if even if you love Spotify, 
You can admit, yo, Spotify's aggressive. It's very aggressive. However, Spotify is very useful to me when I am researching. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been insanely useful to me as of late, as all I want to do is just listen to the same music over and over again. And a lot of it has been today's artist. Yeah. You know what might be a make it or break it moment for me? Hmm. I need to see if Dead Again, the album by Typo Negative, is on Spotify because it is not on Amazon Music. Ooh, and that's what's going to sway you. And I really want to listen to that album lately. I don't know why, but I really do. And I can't on Amazon Music, so. All right. Spotify. You're up, Spotify. What you you got, Dr. Spotify? Yeah. What you got? The rock and roll clown of streaming apps. It is a clown. So It is, though. Love it. But yeah, uh, today we are talking about someone who is not a clown at all. She's a serious, wonderful, fantastic artist who we should all know and love, Robin. She's great. <laughs> she is great. She is great. She is great, though. She is fucking phenomenal. And I've been listening to her music a lot lately. It's been cathartic. <laughs> Very. Robin gets it. No, Robin super gets it. Yeah, she I gets it. love her. She's fabulous. Her music's great. It's got a beat and you can dance to it. That is true. You can. Yeah. <laughs> but she's also, you know, that some would have considered her a one-hit wonder from the 90s. No, but she totally... No, 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 no. But, I mean... I think a lot of people also kind of write her off as just, you know, I mean, a silly pop artist. Maybe but if she's you're actually a scrub. Pretty, yeah, if you're a scrub, you think she is. But um, no, she's pretty fucking deep. And she writes from the heart. She does. And she has a pretty fucking interesting story, to be honest. Yep. I mean, she's still making music today. She's a newer artist. So while her story isn't super lengthy, it is very interesting. I'm ready for, for it. For sure. I'm but, here for it. Yeah. As I'm we here- all should be, because she's great. But also, I'm here for this beer that you yes. got because it's fucking delicious. Our new friend, beer, bringing it in. <laughs> I think for the clutch. I think this is an old friend of ours. Beer is a quite an old friend of ours. Well, this is definitely a good friend. Oh yes, this is beer is a good friend. Beer, delightful. So from Pipeworks Brewing, we got baklabat. Now, so cute. Maybe like baklabat, but she's not Greek. Is baklava Greek? It is. It's at least Turkish? Mediterranean. It's Mediterranean. It is and mostly associated with Greek culture. Robin is definitely not Mediterranean. No. At See, all. I believe like Greeks, uh, the Turks and mm-hmm. Italians and most um, Mediterranean countries have their own version of baklava. Yeah. I think all of it's fucking delicious. Yeah. As long as it's not stale, you got to get your ass some good baklava. <laughs> Who the fuck gives you stale baklava? Scrubs. Scrubs. Yeah. But uh, no, this is a wonderful fucking beer. It is an Imperial Golden Spout. <laughs> spout. It's a spout. No, it's, it's a, a spout. little tea spout. <laughs> it's- no. Oh. It is an Imperial Golden Stout brewed with honey. Lemon peel, coconut, vanilla bean, and natural pistachio flavors. It is very honey heavy. Honey. Which works because Robin's latest album that came out last year is called Honey. honey. This makes sense. It all makes sense. Also, there's a robot on it. And she had a song with Royksop called Girl and the Robot. Which oh, well, is there a you great go. Uh, I will get into the stuff she does with Royksop because that is I, I've always liked Robin, but that was the shit that made me say Oh, damn, no, she good. I think that I was that when everyone was like, oh, no, she's fucking legit. 
Right. She's more than just like a one-off pop star. I think that was I, I will I will tell you when I think the point is, if you remind me at some point. Um there is an album that definitely everyone's like, "Oh, but no though, Robin." Yeah. And I will say it's not her first three. <laughs> yeah, and I think every probably everybody like in the eastern hemisphere was like oh she's legit and then everybody in the western hemisphere was just kind of like we have other things to think about right now because she had like the one big hit in like the 90s or something yes show me love yeah and everyone in the u.s was just kind of like okay bye yes (laughs) and but everybody else in the world was like no but she's really good yeah europe's like well and there's a reason there are reasons for that Oh. Which I will get into. All right. Well, let's get into it. Yeah. You guys get ready for this one. Y'all ready for this? Okay. That's a great intro. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, Robin can maybe be a jock jam. It's a weird jock jam, but I could I could jam. She's jock- better than that. Jockily. Right. So, Robin. A woman of remarkable talent and immense integrity Robin has understood the world of performance since she was a small child. It was no surprise to anyone that she was on the edge of international fame by her teens. But when she was just about to be the biggest pop star in the world, she decided to stop being a puppet for record execs and do it on her own terms. Fucking right. Mm-hmm. She walked away from the stardom so that she could make the music she wanted to make. And none of it came easy. Robin had to defy the doubters, show up the competition, and overcome a few personal hardships to get herself to being one of the most important and influential musicians of our time. Because you know what? She goes through some shit. She processes it. She puts it into her music. She's not just going to donut shops and licking donuts and then laughing about it on Twitter. Yeah. She's an actual artist. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, too. And getting tattoos on her hand that say barbecue grill. And by the way, some of these artists that we are uh, referencing to wish they could be her. I'm only referencing one. I know. That's just one. I know. But she wishes. Legit, she has come out and been like, I would. As she should. Yeah, as you should. And honestly, if you don't know Robin's music that well, maybe you're kind of looking at your little listening device like, I don't know if she's that. No. I promise you, you will come to find out quite soon, she influenced pop music as we know it. Yeah. Whether she meant to or not. Yep. So, buckle up. Robin Miriam Carlson. By the way, that's Robin, R-O-B-I-N. Wait, what's her name? Robin Miriam Carlson. But she was not. Oh. She changed it to R-O-B-Y-N later. Okay. I will get into that as well. She was born on June 12th, 1979 in Stockholm, Sweden. Yo, she 40. She look good. Uh, she takes care of herself. it tight. She looks really good. She looks great. You know what? Not that that matters, though. Because, like, her music's fantastic. Her parents were members of a traveling acting troupe who brought their children all around Europe with them, which instilled a passion for performing and creativity in them. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It was hard for them, too, though, because they were always traveling. It was hard to really make any solid connections to other kids well, it's kind of the same as like anybody that grew up in the military yes like you're it's very constantly similar. moving you are never in a school for more than like maybe a year precisely so yeah. robin had a little bit of a hard time at least just feeling deep connections with people yeah she always enjoyed singing and was given a few opportunities to show off her skills even as a child 
when she recorded the theme song to a Swedish TV show at age 12. Wow. Yup. Soon after that, she proved her skills as a songwriter when she performed her own song about her parents' divorce. Oh. Yeah. Whoa. And it was like a good song. Shit. It just wasn't some bullshit kid song. It was this was when she was 12? 12. Yeah. Girl wrote was, a song about her fucking parents' divorce. Girl was in touch with her own feelings. Girl knows what's up. She has a way with words. It wasn't long after that where she was discovered by Swedish dance group Legacy of Sound at a music workshop being put on for Robin's school when she was 14. They contacted their management and arranged a meeting for Robin and her parents to talk with them. By the end of it, she was signed to Ricochet Records, which was soon bought out by BMG America. Oh. Mm-hmm. And in Sweden. And that was where she was matched up with producers Max Martin and Dennis Pop. Remember those names? Max Martin sounds very familiar. It should, and I will tell you why. Yeah. Before she even started working on her debut album, Robin Robin entered the development phase of her music career. See this? Oh, that doesn't sound good. It's not. This is when management works with the artist to create their image and figure out what crowd she's gonna. Oh, and give to. them a weird complex for the rest of their lives. That makes them think they're not good enough for anything. That sounds about right. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much, if you're wondering, yeah, that's exactly how they make a pop star. Yep. It is all manufactured. It's basically the beginning part of what not to wear when they tear you down <laughs> and tell you that what you're wearing is garbage and you need to do better. But then they don't give you the skills or the support to make it better. See, I've they never just actually watched you- that. Everybody makes fun of what not to wear. Granted, it hasn't been on the air for like years at this point, but it was a really good show because like, yeah, they kind of tore people down, but like you had to do that in order to tell them like, you can do better. You are so much better than this. They didn't just tear them down to tell them they fucking suck. They're like, no, you can't wear these things because you are so much better than Uh. this. Yeah, no, I think with pop stars, like, you're garbage and we're going to make you not garbage. Yeah, you're garbage and this is how you need to look and this is how you need to act because what you're doing now sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get it together. And you, we need to sexualize you at 14 so Ugh. that people will like you. It's gross. Even as a teenager, Robin had her misgivings about this. She didn't like that she was being told how to present herself to the masses when all she wanted to do was be herself. The record execs were looking to portray her as this one-dimensional, mindless doll just singing to the masses because pop star. Yeah, that's what she did. Yeah. And we'll get back to that. But for right now, allow me to introduce you to the dawn of pop music as we now know it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So the collaboration with Max Martin was crucial to Robin's initial success in the 90s. Max had been working with Dennis Pop for a few years, and they're both Swedish, and they had uh, worked with artists like Ace of Bass and Rednecks. Oh, boy. They did not work on Cotton Eye Joe. But I was Rednecks just are well say. known for Cotton Eye Joe, but they had nothing to do with that one. But they oh, were still. I mean, I'm sure they distanced themselves quite heavily from Cotton Eye Joe. As you should. I just remember being at a fucking roller skating rink and they would Ugh. constantly play that fucking song. Where did you come from? Where, Where did you go? Did you go? Thank goodness you'll never come back. Don't. Don't Please come don't. back. We're not that nobody should, wants that. That should have been on our one hit wonder list. Should it? Better forgotten. Hey, it might land on our worst covers. Oh, that's fair. All right. All right. They were becoming a successful team, so it made sense for Ricochet to hook them up with this up and coming artist. Before completing the album, 
Robin released two singles just in Sweden, You've Got That Something and Do You Really Want Me, Show Respect. Because respect Robin. The latter would chart in number two in Sweden and got audiences excited for what would form into the album Robin Is Here. Mm-hmm. She wrote a majority of the songs, too, but what garnered her the most popularity would be two songs written with Max and, the, and produced with Dennis. Do You Know What It Takes, which you know that song. I might. Do you know what it takes? If you heard it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I know this. Yeah. It was one of those ones I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this. It wasn't, I, it wasn't quite as popular as her other single, Show Me Love. I definitely know Show that. Show me love. Show, Show me life. <laughs> yeah. You know that song. Yeah, I know that one. And also, here is where Robin changed her name to have the Y, in, the y instead of the I, so as not to be confused with another Robin who also had a hit song, You've Got to Show Me Love. I didn't even Words know that. Was so easy, <laughs> easy to, to say. say. I. <laughs> yeah. They is two Robins, Show Me Love with their hits. I didn't know the other one was done by anybody named Robin. Yep. I had no idea who it was by. Robin with an I. Oh, well. And now, now you I know. know. <laughs> Funny enough, these songs weren't as popular in her home country as they were in the US and the UK. I mean, they were still popular enough, but it just goes to show how vast our differences and tastes are, even with like just Sweden. Which I think is kind of funny because the Show Me Love song is. I always connect it for some reason to S Club 7. Right. Because it's kind of the same. It's very similar, but S Club 7, I don't think really ever caught on in mm. the US. A little bit. They had the they had one couple, single. I think they had a couple like top 20 hits, but not yeah. anything groundbreaking. But, I mean, in Europe, S Club 7, people lost their fucking shit over them. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Sure. They were fucking huge. Sure. But in the United States, everyone's like, oh, I kind of remember that one song. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. That's where I'm at right now. But for some reason, I always <laughs> connect the, the two together. Well, either way, they would become highly influential songs to many a future female pop star who are always looking to balance in some R&B to their sound. Also interesting was the way her album was released internationally. You may remember the U.S. cover as a close-up of Robin's face, and all it says on it is Robin. Mm-hmm. Well, the original Swedish Swedish release is a picture of Robin in, like, this cardboard box wearing jammies, and she's like... What? Like, <laughs> she's just being a kid in a cardboard oh, so box cute. almost. It's really cute. It also doesn't include the single Show Me Love, but instead a song called Where Did Our Love Go? Mm-hmm. But then they re-released it with the more popular, like, Western version. I don't know. It's interesting how they had to market her. She was marketed very differently in Sweden than she was oh, I'm sure. across the pond. Yeah. Robin is Here became a debut success, going platinum in the US and double platinum in her homeland of Sweden. She began touring around the world, but it was easy for her to feel isolated during this time as she was only surrounded by adults. Man, she never got a chance to be a kid. She really didn't. Like, touring all over Europe and whenever with her parents, never really making friends. Right. And then immediately going into pop star mode and touring with a bunch of adults. Right. So she she is a very mature... I think even as a child, she was still quite mature. But, but I'm it sure just sucks she, that she never really got yeah that chance to play. She probably had to be mature when she was a kid but because the only people around her age she had to play with were her her siblings. Yeah, she had two younger she has two younger siblings. So, yeah. but still, yeah, and I mean, two she's the oldest, so she probably just always felt the need to be to the mature look one. Look after them when her parents were doing their acting shit, whatever they did. Whatever acting shit they did. Yeah. <laughs> well, she really had no recourse for stress relief. 
So combine this with the pressure she's feeling from the label to control her artistic development, it only seems natural that she would eventually break down. There's a story about one night after a show in Chicago in 1996, where she felt a lot of anxiety over what she viewed as a bad performance. So when she went into her dressing room, she just began to scream and shout. And everyone thought she was having a nervous breakdown. She went full Britney before Britney went full Britney. Oh, just you wait. How ironic that statement is. Her management at the time claims that they had to wrestle her to the floor until she would calm down. Wow. Now, when Robin tells this story, she just says she needed to get out some stress. So she's screaming and shouting and throwing things. But it's just... You know what? She needed a rage room. She needed a rage room. She really did. She turned her she dressing room She made her own rage room. Rage room. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Uh, eventually, she was diagnosed with exhaustion and sent back home to Sweden. Okay. Whether Robin knew it or not, she made moves that influenced the music industry forever. See, after the success of Robin is Here, Jive Records was pretty impressed and wanted to sign her to a oh, contract. Oh, Jive? Oh, yeah. Oh, Jive Records? Oh, Jive Records. Oh, Jive Records. Jive Records. But Robin decided that it wasn't for her and she declined. They were a bit bitter about the whole thing. I'm. That's a fucking good move, though. Holy shit. Because Jive had all the boy bands and all the little teeny bopper girls. Yeah. And, and ran is, them into the fucking ground. This is why. See, they were a bit bitter about the whole thing and vowed to show her up with a star of their own. That's when they scoop up another teenager to sing for them. A girl named uh, Britney Spears. Oh. Yep. Britney should have known this was going to be some bullshit. So it's funny you say she goes full Britney before Britney. <laughs> also, she... Before Britney went full Britney. Yeah, before Britney even knew that she was going to go full Britney yeah. someday. Before Honey even knew. And on top of that, Britney was a big fan of the song, Show Me Love. She loved Robin. Yeah. She respects her greatly. She wanted to work with Max Martin so she could get a song like that. Yep. So both That's Max... That's why his name sounds familiar. So both Max and the management were keen on this as they viewed Britney as less combative than Robin. So they would be able to do whatever they wanted with her. And subsequently came the song Baby One More Time. You know what I just realized? I know way too much about fucking boy bands and like Britney Spears and Jive Records and Lou Pearlman and New Kids on the Block and O-Town and NSYNC and all of them. A, that was a very influential time in our youths. Yeah. But also, it's such a fucked up story. They really ruined a lot of people. There is a documentary about Lou Pearlman that is on Ooh, YouTube and it. you should fucking watch it. You can only get it if you have like the paid version of YouTube, but you can get a f- like a seven day free trial. And it then, is like, worth it to watch that fucking- And then your friends can also watch it under your account. <laughs> Which is exactly what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, Totally worth it just to watch that documentary because it's fucked up. And also, Aaron Carter- Is brainwashed. Is brainwashed. Oh my God. Even if you you are not interested in the story as a whole, just watch it for Aaron Carter's reactions. It's a pretty interesting documentary, Because, holy shit, Aaron Carter. Yeah. Who hurt you? Lou Pearlman. Lou Pearlman Pearlman 100% did. So, from this, by the late 90s, Max's career had snowballed into great heights, working with acts like the Backstreet Boys, Christina Aguilera, and still to this day, he's working with others like Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande. <sighs> and I don't think any of this would ha- would have happened if he didn't work with Robin because he was very I popular agree. in Sweden, but he didn't make it in the U.S. till he came over to work with Until Robin. Until Robin got 
a hit in the U.S. Yes. And granted, that was with him, so they helped each other. Right. But... But still, like, Robin influenced everything that happened in the late 90s. It also kind of... If she didn't say no to Jive Records, if she didn't work with Max, if she didn't get big, I don't think that pop would be what it's become. Yeah, I agree. Which is kind of insane. Um, It also kind of fucking sucks that he pretty much abandoned her for Britney Spears. They actually do still have a cordial relationship and they will work together in the future. I don't think this was a, I don't think this was a matter of like, it wasn't an either or thing. Yeah. It was just a, well, I'm going to work with her because I'm getting paid to do this. And I think Robin saw that as you got to do what you got to do. That's fine. She didn't hold it against him and he didn't hold against her. Yeah. But they were like, that's good. Right. And they liked Britney because Britney was a placasent child that would be like, yeah, I'll do whatever you tell me to do until she lost her fucking mind five years later. Which, honestly, her losing her mind was completely understandable. Oh my god. All the sympathy. I'm not even making fun of her. No. I have all the sympathy in the world for Britney Spears. Yeah, I have nothing against her. Absolutely not. I mean, she's a fine person and, like, I might not love all of her music, but... Oh, I don't like her music at all, but... Totally fucking understand. She didn't every, deserve every inch of where she's coming no, from. She here. didn't deserve what happened to her at all. No. So you're right. Robin was smart, and she was like, "No." And that's the thing about Robin that you're gonna see again and again is that when people tried to tell her like you have to do this certain way, and she's always gonna put her foot down. And that's why people didn't want to work with her as much as they wanted to work with the Britneys and the Christinas because Robin oh, because always they would knew do anything really that the record company told right. them to do because they knew where their money was coming from. Also, kudos to Robin's parents because I think they really instilled in her the you have to do what you have to do. Well, and at such a young age, they still have they still have the final say in what mm-hmm. happens. So I think by this point, she had more freedom because she was like around. 17 or 18. Yeah, and I don't know what the quote unquote adult age is. Yeah, for something like that. Or even like as far as contracts go. Right. So maybe she can like make her own decisions when she's. But I wouldn't be surprised if her parents were just like, nah, this girl knows what she's doing. Because the way they treat her and the way they talk about her um, in documentaries and interviews and things, they definitely seem to have a lot of faith in her. So I'm going to chalk it up to they just raised her right. Yeah. So when Robin gets back to Sweden, she immediately went to work on her sophomore album, My Truth, which was released in May 1999. Now, some of you may not realize (laughs) that she had followed up her debut so quickly, and that would be because this album was never released in the U.S. And if you That's kind of weird, considering the big hit she had. Oh, oh. Oh, let's get to it. Remember last week, we talked about, you know... Country music women talking about controversial issues and mm-hmm. people not wanting to play them on the radio. Oh, I see the, where so, this is going. So, yeah. There is one issue that I feel like no matter what genre of music it is, they will not stand for it. Is it women voicing their opinion? Wait for it. So, two of the songs on the album, 88 Days and Giving You Back, deal with an abortion that Robin had back ah. in 1998. When her U.S. label RCA Records began to plan out the release of the album, they asked her to change the lyrics of the songs. She refused. Again, of course she did. And because of that, this album did not see a release in America. It actually didn't see a release much outside of Sweden. And Japan. Japan was always like, yeah, give us Robin. We're we're here for it. Because Japan is known for whatever. Like, Japan's got its problems, but they are fucking ride or die. (laughs) 
That's what I love about Japan. Hey, we fucking love you. You're talking about abortion. That's fine. We'll still take it. We're here for the jam. We just like a good pop song. They do. They, they know a good like, pop song. They know a good pop song, though. Robin's refusal to play the game was a sign of her strong convictions and her desire to mature from her first album, whereas she felt her label just wanted another Robin is here. She ended up leaving the label in 2001 and going to, ironically, Jive Records. What? Yeah. Wait. But it wouldn't last, though, as Jive Records ended they up being folded, bought right? by BMG. So she frustratingly ended up back where she started. What? Oh, that fucking sucks. It sucks on so many levels. Who would have known? Not Robin. Oh, that fucking sucks. She tried so hard. It was a real disappointment that My Truth was not released internationally, though, as it was a celebrated album for its growth and a true step forward for Robin. With the single Electric, you can see early hints of the inevitable electronica direction that she's going to go in. Mm -hmm. The album was a revolt against all the corporate garbage she'd been dealing with, and it earned her her first Grammys, which is basically the Swedish Grammys. Grammys? Grammys, which is G-R-A-M-M-I-S. Grammys. 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 I don't know if that's how you say it. I don't think you need to roll the tongue, but that's fine. (laughs) That makes it very um, Spanish. Mm. C. C. <laughs> I was like, C, Grammys. <laughs> no, I think sure. it's more like, yeah. Yeah, Grammys. No, yeah is German. It is. I don't know what the Swedish C is. C so is, is Spanish. I, I don't know what Swedish I'm, is. I'm going with yeah because it's the closest to Swedish I know. Sure. Not about to stop the hustle, Robin went back to the studio to work on her third album, Don't Stop the Music. After having some air to breathe, she decided to go back to a basic pop sound in order to please the masses. She's kind of hitting this groove at this point where she feels like, all right, I'm doing this kind of R&B mix thing. Let me try to go back to pop. She's just trying to find herself. I assume she understands at this point she can probably do what she wants, Mm -mm. but also do it in a way that is um, acceptable. Yeah, I think she's a wider audience. She's definitely at this point trying to find her voice. And she's also, instead of really being introspective about it she's really looking to other people to help guide her Mm -hmm. which girl you don't need that you know what's up part of this decision included going back to work with max again and many would assume that they worked so well together the first time that this was a sure thing but lightning rarely strikes twice in fact they had a pretty contentious time working on this album they got into a lot of fights and they disagreed on a lot of it yeah so it was it was kind of rough the whole process Robin was still trying to set herself apart and do her own thing musically, but felt that Max was trying to put her in the same box as the top 40 pop princesses at the time. Well, that's who he'd been working with this whole time. Yeah. So it made sense because he's like, this is what sells where Robin doesn't care too much about what sells. So I don't think that he realized that yet. The final result was a mediocre album. Some have said that there were too many ideas being thrown around and that it made it a bit of a mess ultimately. It didn't seem to have the same focus that her previous two albums did. So while it did well in Sweden, because it always does well in Sweden, mm-hmm. they it didn't move the masses anywhere else. And probably didn't help that it wasn't released internationally. Again, despite the success of her last album, still did Which not get Which is such a disservice to her music. It really is. I just wanted to note, too. And just, this, is, this was interesting for me to look at. This was the only time we really see Robin with longer hair. Because she always has that punky short hair. Yeah, every time I think of her, she has short, like, 
almost bleach blonde hair. Yeah. No, she still it's has the very, blonde hair. It's almost Kate Goslin, but like better. Yeah, or like almost a faux hawk, but not quite. Yeah. Yeah, she she really rocks a lot of short haircuts. And this is the only time she didn't. It was blonde, but it was like past her shoulders and she mm-hmm. had heavy bangs. And I don't know. I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing to notice because she clearly was messing around with a whole bunch of things and trying to see what worked. And I wonder if she was like, let me see if I grow out my hair if that'll help too. <laughs> oh, this isn't helping because hair is power, guys. Yeah. So just remember that. Samson. <laughs> with the overall failures that Robin was feeling at the time, she began to wonder if she was doing the right thing, even continuing to do music. Maybe it was time to give up and go back to finish school. High school, mind you, because she never even finished high school because she was done. She was after middle school. She was already doing music. Yeah. Yeah. She consulted with her father, who believed in his highly talented daughter and told her to think more on it, that he doesn't believe she can ever really give up music. Maybe instead of giving up, she just truly needs to harness her talent instead of letting others control it. So she takes her time. She sits down and thinks about it. And while you wait and see... What happens after Robin's done thinking about it, I need to consult another glass of beer because we bone dry. That's a good idea. Yeah. So we'll be right back. And we're back. Hi. (laughs) Drinking more beers, talking more about... Robin. Alrighty, so left you guys on a bit of a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. I hope you're feeling she's about to go back intense. to school, guys. I think she's gonna go back to high school. She she's gonna, gonna get her GED. Is she gonna Billy Madison this shit? Full on bully mat, bully Bull- Madison. <laughs> Full on bully Madison. Well, bully. That's the British version. Bully of for Billy you. Madison. <laughs> bully Madison. Well, bully for you. You graduated high school. Well, she took a break. Went back to school. All right. No, she didn't. No. No, not at all. I'm just fucking with you. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. No. So she decided to keep music in her life. And in 2003, she went to France to visit Swedish electronica duo The Knife for a writing session. Oh, really? Oh, yes. What? Yes. No shit. Yes, shit. (gasps) Yeah. The Knife is great. The Knife is great. Listen to The Knife if you haven't yet. It's so good. And this is where I'm going to tell you, this is where everybody says, oh, shit. No, Robin's legit. Oh, she's fucking legit. Because the knife is legit. Yeah. And and she works with them. Uh, she does a writing session with them. And it was one of the few times Robin felt she was being treated as a peer and not as a child. Because they're not dipshits? And yeah, they're also the they're same not age dipshits. as her. Yeah. And she was really impressed with how much of their own shit they're running. Like, they're not relying. They have their own label. They're not relying on other people to do their shit. Yeah. They're doing it all themselves. Also, um, the chick from The Knife, I cannot remember her name, but she has her own like solo thing called Fever Ray. Yes, that is that's right. amazing. If you watch Vikings, she does the theme song and it's great. Oh, yes. I did not know that. Yes. And I learned something. Trivia. Today. We're all about it. <laughs> Hopefully we can help you guys in your trivia nights. <laughs> like, guys, I got music trivia and oddly enough, Viking trivia. I know, right? You're welcome. (laughs) Both the show and actual Vikings. There you go. We know what's up. Well, like I said, she discovered they had their own label. They don't have to answer to anyone else's standards. And Robin was surprised to discover that this is even an option. Yeah. And so it made her think about going off on her own completely. 
Not just saying, like, no, I want to write my own music. Like, being able to just do it without fighting. Yeah. But what would really push her to a decision was when she came back to her management with the song Who's That Girl, which is a collaboration with The Knife. Yep. They were not impressed with the electropop sound that she was leaning into. And that was enough for her. Robin bought out her contract and decidedly started her own label, Konichiwa Records. (laughs) (laughs) It's truly a vehicle for her to release her own music. She has no interest in signing other artists to it. She doesn't want to mentor or be a big boss type. She just wants her own creative freedom. Right. More power to her. Seriously. So once she had that, it was time for her to fully shed that R&B pop sound that she had been associated with for so long. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but she was ready to go on. Yeah. And she was ready to go on into Electronica with her fourth, fourth album, just called Robin, mm-hmm. which became the first number one album of her career, which makes sense because this shit is like, oh, hello, Robin. Hi. Wow. Respect before, but like respect now. Which one? What singles did she have on this? So one of the biggest singles off the album is Konichiwa Bitches. Okay, yeah. This is the album that I really fucking love from her. Oh, it's so good. It is a grand display of musical experimentation on Robin's part. The title of the song is taken from a Chappelle show bit, if you recall. (laughs) Do you remember when they did the... uh, the who gets to claim who in like the race wars or whatever. Oh no. And like the Japanese and the African Americans were fighting over the Wu Tang clan. And the Japanese oh, got Wu Tang and like they were like oh, no. Konichiwa bitches. Yeah. So oh, that's funny. So Robin and um her songwriter, producer friend, Klaas Ahlund. I think it's kind of funny that like one of the whitest chicks from one of the whitest countries in the world <laughs> named her album after that. Her label her and her, her song, label and her single song and her that. label named after a Chappelle show That's bit. That's funny. That's how you know Robin can fucking hang. <laughs> she can fucks with that. She can fucks. I'd fucks with Robin any fucking day. I'd love to roll with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she had been watching it with... Uh, Writer, producer, friend, Klaas Alund. I, I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's how I'm saying it. Uh, who's worked with the types of like Kylie Minogue and Kesha, the teddy bears. And I guess they were watching that bit and they thought it was the funniest fucking thing. They were probably also really high, but they still probably. were like, this fucking shit's hilarious. And they just, it just stuck. So they wrote the song together and their process was simply the two of them bouncing lines off each other back and forth trying to one-up each other with a crazier line. And it's if you listen to Konnichiwa, good. bitches, it's like the weirdest but also yeah. really works kind of song. I'm trying to learn it all so that someday when I feel like doing karaoke again, right, I can do that song. Right? I, it's I, great. I, don't, I, don't I Maybe I don't feel like I should be able to do that song, but no, I No, you should. Like you can. I believe in you. The whole song incorporates electronica, pop, and hip-hop, and it really makes this multi-dimensional piece of music. Mm-hmm. On the whole, this album not only brought Robin back into the fold, it proved her to be more gifted than even her debut did. It's been a highly praised piece of work and even got her back into popularity outside of Sweden. Finally. So, finally. It got Pitchfork to begin to take pop music more seriously, because before this, they only did indie shit. I take Pitchfork with a As, very big boulder of salt. Right. I'm not so, saying this to give Pitchfork any fucking praise. I'm saying that this was like so good. It got those uptight dickheads that 
are super bougie and hipster yeah. to actually pay attention to a pop record. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. <laughs> With the help of Robin's newest album, many critics began to see that electronic and pop can be very sincere and not just bubblegum nothingness. And Robin was keeping herself in the background of pop music scene as well. She was doing backup vocals for Britney Spears. She was appearing on songs with Snoop Dogg. And she did a brief stint supporting Madonna's Sticky and Sweet tour. The last tour she did that was remotely okay. Yeah, probably because she had Robin in the like UK part of it. Yep. She was keeping busy, and of course this can lead to some fatigue for sure. So for her next project, instead of releasing a full-length LP, Robin released the next album, Body Talk, in three parts. So part one was released in June 2010. Okay. Part two was released in September 2010. And part three in November 2010. And at that point, there was also an entire collective of the albums released together. Interesting process, but also smart. Yeah. Well, she figured, I have some songs now. Why don't I just put those out and I'll make some more later and then I'll just put those out. Because 2010 was kind of a changing point. Mm -hmm. That was when like streaming and that shit and like the the I want it now. Like people were really like you need to release shit as soon as you fucking have it because I want it and I'm impatient and I have no attention span whatsoever. Exactly though. This was a good read into how the music industry was changing. With full albums being forsaken for singles and digital mm-hmm. downloading becoming the primary method of listening to music, and it kept Robin fresh in the minds of her fans. She yeah, was definitely. really at the forefront of these ideas. Mm-hmm. She's smart. She knows what she's fucking she doing, guys. She knows what she is doing. <laughs> Body Talk is probably best known for the single, Dancing on My Own. Oh, it's so good. It's a penultimate breakup song and very on brand for most of Robin's breakup songs. If you listen to them, they are all very sim. Like they don't sound the same. I just mean she has a way of doing her breakup songs that right now are really speaking to me. <laughs> See, her lyrics have this stalkerish element, following her ex, seeing the life they're living without her, and whether or not you fall into that toxic rabbit hole of checking in on your ex, one way or another. I mean, but that's very um on. Point. Yes, for I think, this day I think, and age with social media, it's so easy to just drop in and see how your ex is doing. And like, maybe that's not the healthiest thing. It's not, but everybody but does are. it. Everybody does it to a certain extent. Either whether you're just like kind of the sane, rational one that's just like, I'm just mildly curious and i want to see like a year after a year after you broke up it's like I just a week after we broke i just want to see i just i'm curious a day later what are you doing it a person like that a person like that could relate to it or the fucking psychotic person who's like i need to know every single minute of what you're driving by your fucking head like that's a little much but can't relate to that one if you any of those people those two people and anybody in between can really to that kind of song. It's, yeah, it's, you know, er, yeah, you're right. Everybody can relate to that longing of solving the mystery of what went wrong, who is taking your right. place. We, ha, like, you play through everything. Why in your them head. and not me? Yeah. That kind of so thing. So she plays on that a lot in her songs. They evoke the mundane heartbreak of it all. Like the single Be Mine, during the bridge, when she's watching her ex tie his new girlfriend's shoes, wearing the scarf that she gave him. It's just these little everyday things where the she's small details. It's the small details like she's wearing that scarf I gave you. 
you bent down to tie her shoes. Like, it's that, what happened, why not me? Yeah. and And you are an outsider looking in. But it also has that element of, like, what is wrong with me? Yeah, like, why, that, what's so great about this girl? That I think resonates a, a lot with people now that mental illness and depression and self-esteem issues and everything mm-hmm. are more of a... Being taken a little bit more seriously. Yeah. Yeah. It's become more like everyone feels this way, and it's nice to feel like you can commiserate with it's someone. It's kind of... It's almost nice that somebody is almost normalizing it. Yeah. Like, oh, if you think someone isn't feeling the exact same way right but now... But they are. <laughs> you're very wrong. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Also, you know what? The lyrics come from a place of strength. Like in Dancing on My Own, she's giving it her all, but he's still going home with someone else. Mm -hmm. And when you get to the machine gun drum breakdown right near the end, it's really meant to read as like this fighting spirit that she still has. She's not just simply giving up. She's at this club. She's watching this guy. She's going to fucking dance every every fucking problem she has away. Yeah. And she's going to dance so hard and she's going to be like, you're going to fucking miss this. Yeah. It's like a fucking heart I'm dancing. <laughs> that beat, man. That beat. The melancholy dance rhythms bring in a true drama of heartbreak. Robin had always been a big fan of disco and invoked influence from Donna Summer's I Feel Love and the pounding drug drums of Prince's I Would Die For You. Mm-hmm. And add in a little Kate Bush influence, and it just all makes Dancing on My Own a relentless storm of desolation that no one can deny. I can definitely hear that I would die for you. It's the, it's that. the drums in yeah. the background. Yeah. Yup. Body Talk is a critically acclaimed album. Like, that shit is fire. It didn't break the Billboard 100, which... Who, uh, who's like, surprised? Like, it like broke we, the 200, but, like... Like, like we discussed we last week, week like... What the fuck does Billboard matter matter anymore anyway? Pretty much. And it didn't hit number one in Sweden, which surprised me. But Hmm. many publications selected it as one of the top albums of the year. Not even top pop or dance. They're like, no, this is one of the best albums of the year. And really, its influence on pop ever since then still cannot be denied. Because after that, if you remember 2010, Electropop has exploded. Mm -hmm. Every single pop artist has a little bit of that electronica influence now. Fucking from Taylor Swift yep. to Rihanna to Lady Gaga. It's all of these pop stars now have that electronica pop dance sound. Yeah. And that's because of Robin. Like, girls knows what's up. Girls knows what's up. Girls knows what's up. <laughs> hey, girls knows what's up, though. <laughs> She's real good at the pops and the dances. <laughs> So Robin continued to work with more and more artists. She guested on a song by Nena Cherry called Out of the Black. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And she collaborated on a song with The Lonely Island because Andy Samberg is a huge Robin fan. <laughs> he would be. He would. I, I, I think that makes him kind of adorable. Like, oh, you cute Andy Samberg. Oh. But my favorite would have to be the work that she's done with Roy Sop on many fantastic songs like The Girl and the Robot do it again and monument fuck my Mo- oh my god go listen to monument by Roy Sop and robin preferably um the inevitable end version on mm-hmm. their i guess technically final album but not really final album and the inevitable end it is so powerful it's such a it's like melancholy again though with robin she always adds this melancholiness to it where it's 
it's a really strong song because it's like, this will be my monument. This will be what's left after I'm gone. And she's like, I want well, to build this song. Like, I want to build it up with love. I want to leave something good and positive in my wake. It's like she actually feels what she's singing about. I can't. I can't with Robin. I feel personally attacked by Robin. <laughs> and I will get to exactly why yeah. very soon. While on tour with Roy Sop in 2014, Robin was dealt a tragic blow when producer and close friend Christian Falk died of pancreatic cancer at age 52. Oh, he, that's young. It's young. But pancreatic cancer. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck cancer. He worked with Robin right from the beginning, but unlike everyone else in her circle, he always treated her more of an adult and took her seriously, so a friendship had bloomed from that. Mm-hmm. She made attempts to tour with Marcus Jägerstedt for the EP that they worked on with Christian after his passing, but Robin ultimately decided that it was still too painful to perform those songs. And if that wasn't enough, also around that time period, her relationship with filmmaker Max Vitale fell apart, leaving her in an immense grieving period fuck yeah according to her she had never hit such a low before as she was too depressed to even work which is her usual go-to for times of stress of that time she says quote i used to feel empty and lonely when i didn't have the thing that would replace this disabling sadness and you're like yeah when you don't even have the thing that gets you out of the depression yeah all you have is the depression yeah and that's like she said there were just Days at a time she would lay in bed, that she just yeah. couldn't move, she couldn't do anything. And I can relate to this time can... period in her life. I think we can relate to this really fucking well. Yep. Like, real <laughs> fuck too well. Again, when personally a, attacked yeah, by Robin a, right now. When a friend dies and uh, all of your emotions just go to fucking shit, and yeah, you when can't it really feels, function. Yeah, it's like everything that you had that was good it just feels like it's gone yep and that's and it's not gonna come back you kind of feel that way yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah and i was like i mean it might don't don't say that (laughs) no i would love for it to but you feel like it's not going to yeah and that's exactly how robin explained this time too and and it's like i really felt her reading all of these interviews it's a real big uh shit pool of hopelessness yes she was definitely living in the shit pool of hopelessness yep yeah. I'm like, Robin, were you foretelling our future? Like, what the fuck? With all of these emotions washing over her, Robin decided the best course of action would be to go into psychotherapy, which is, yeah, you know what? Yep. That's a good Guys, idea. therapy, it fucking works. <laughs> she not only used this as a way to cope with her recent losses, but also a way to deal with issues that arose during her years as a child star. I mean, like we yeah. had said, she never really got that childhood she was kind of always on the move and working. Yeah, and, and always she, at somebody else's disposal. Exactly. So she had to deal with a lot of that stuff as well. And it's made her very introspective. Mm-hmm. And she's she's very wise when you watch her talk about her life. Through this, she decided that she would have to take more control of her life. And that also meant more control of her art. And this is where she taught herself production. So she could truly be the author of her own voice and adapt her lyrics to herself not someone else's music. Huh. So, and she said it was actually a pretty great time for her. It was one of the ways she coped was, I'm just going to learn production. And it was good for her to have something like that to like get her grow mind, with. Get her mind off of something, but also... Improve her career. Yeah. Yeah. Take I mean... An, take more control over 
what she's doing. Right. It's it's a good way to feel like you have control over something. Yeah. It's nice. Between her recent losses and also through going out clubbing as a way to cope, which... Yeah. yeah. I feel that, girl. Oh, girl. Oh, I feel that. Oh, girl, though. Robin used it all as inspiration for her, her eighth and most recent album, Honey, which was just released this past October in 2018. Mm-hmm. While it still lives in the world of electropop... The sounds are a bit more futuristic and sensual and like a lot of playful house. Mm-hmm. Fans may have had to wait quite some time for more music. Well, when shit like this happens, you have to fucking wait. I mean, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Just calm your tits They're- and fucking wait. <laughs> well, Robin actually released a very sweet seven minute documentary you can see on YouTube called Missing You. And it's just about our fans like, we miss you and can't wait for your, mu- your new music to come out. Because they knew at this point she was coming out with a new album. Mm-hmm. So. It's very sweet. It was like a little thank you to the fans. Like, thank you for supporting me and being there. And it was very much worth it, though. The wait was worth it. Again, we see Robin setting trends, not following them, and absolutely nailing it. Mm -hmm. She continued to work with Klaus for this album, but they were also joined by Joseph Mount of electronic group Metronomy. Metronomy? Metronomy? I would say Metronomy. Okay. I don't know. I don't even know who it is, but I would say Metronomy. Did you know the song Love Letters? No. Oh, okay. I don't know. That's the one song I know really well by them. I know a couple others. But Maybe I do, but... You might. Eh. It's a good song. Okay. I like Metronomy. They're good. I believe you. <laughs> they worked in tandem for three years to get the album just right. Interesting thing to know is that the tracks appear on the album in the order they were written. Oh. Beginning with her initial feeling of loss, then to elation, and finally to moving forward. It starts off with the song Missing You, which is... Another gut wrenching breakup song. Seems very conceptual. It is. Mm-hmm. And she has um another song. It's in the music that kind of deals with um, I guess like this kind of nostalgia for music and what it meant to her and how I think it's a way of her kind of touching base with how she feels about losing Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, there are songs like Honey is kind of like a more sensual dance pop maybe her finding herself maybe her getting her bone on while she was single who knows mm-hmm. go for her but the final song is ever again in which robin claims never gonna be brokenhearted ever again and it almost kind of reads a sarcasm because that pain isn't something avoidable yeah but now she knows she's stronger and she refuses to break again mm-hmm. and that's like another one of those songs you listen to and you're like i'm never gonna be brokenhearted ever again god damn it <laughs> yeah I've learned so much. I've learned so much in this time. Robin has since reconciled with Max Vitale, and I think by all accounts, they're still together again. Oh. Yeah. All right. So they work things out. She's ultimately fairly private about her personal life, so I don't Mm -hmm. know, and I don't really care. Her music's what speaks to me, so. Yeah. She also still has a good relationship with Max Martin, who has told her that when female artists come in to work with him, they give him a copy of Robin's album and tell him, I want to sound like that. To which he tells them, well, fuck you. Go work with her then. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. Like, pop artists, she, like, Robin didn't say names. I don't even know if he told her names, but, like, they're pop artists we know who come in and be like, I want the Robin sound. I want to sound like her. Yeah. And he's like, you can't. D- then go work with her. Yeah. I'm not Robin. Yeah. We had two songs that were great together and we've worked since, but she's good on her own, man. Yeah. So... Cute Ariana Grande. I know you wish you could be, Robin. But you can't. But you can't. Sorry. Sorry. I'm not sorry. Sorry, barbecue grill. It ain't happening. I'll give you thank you next and that's it. 
I don't think I've even heard that song. It's not bad. All right. Well, all of this is just to really say that Robin's effortless depth and catchy beats are desired by anyone who is looking to stay relevant and popular in today's music scene. But whereas we have so many generic pop females who get constant play on the top 40 channels, the difference here is that Robin is timeless and iconic. She is going to go down with the greats. I'm talking Bowie. I'm talking Prince. She's going to be up there with them. Yeah. As someone who made her own amazing music, her own amazing way, and she never let anything stop her from using her own amazing voice. I think the difference between Robin and a lot of other pop artists, male or female, doesn't even matter. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I shouldn't just compare her to female artists. No, no. Um, I think the big difference is dignity. Yes. She has a lot of dignity. She's a and, strong, dignified woman. And she didn't compromise on how she wanted to be portrayed. And so, she also didn't let it take her over, I guess. And she didn't let it overtake her publicly. I mean, yeah. even if you look at, like, Justin Bieber, he's, like, let himself go in a lot of ways that are kind of garbage. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you look at a lot of these pop stars, there's they have this tragic stereotype of, yeah, cool, you're a pop star now, but you're going to do something. You're going to say something. You're going to have a meltdown publicly. You're going to and it's make an asshole out of yourself and no yeah. one's going to respect you. And I think that is not entirely their fault. No, and a I'm not trying it, to fully malign no, them either. But I'm saying like a lot of it is because the record companies that they signed on with when mm-hmm. they were very young mm-hmm. knew that they could manipulate them and mold them into whatever the fuck they wanted. Who gives a damn about what it's doing to their mental state or right. what it's doing to them as a person because in 5 years it's going to make them go fucking insane. But whatever, they milked out the few singles that they wanted to make millions right. of dollars off And them. once they go off the deep end, who gives a shit about them? Not their problem anymore. Drop them from the record company. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. And I guess something then can be said about how Robin was raised that, you know, her parents must have instilled in her this self-respect. Or must have been at least, like, lightly guiding her towards, you know... Because it's amazing that a, a girl at her age... In her teens like that, which is one of, it's just one of the hardest times for a girl. Yeah. Could stick by her guns and say, nah, I'm not going to do that. Like, change that abortion song. Nah, I'm not going to do that. Like, you need to be this mindless right. drone. Nah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to play into your stupid game just right. so that I can, you know, be popular in the American market. Exactly. Who and gives you know, a shit? Here's the thing. She played by her own rules. She is the... What's the opposite of a cautionary tale? A reckless tale? I don't know, but like in know. a good way? Yeah. she's She is the... You can do this on your own. It is not easy. It is hard. You are going to go through some trials and tribulations, but you end up being Robin? I say that's pretty awesome. Good for you. Seriously. Yeah. That is super good for you. Yep. But yeah, she is a wonderful artist. She is... Super respectable. She's so fucking talented. There is nothing about Robin I don't like. Yeah. I like everything about her. And I cannot wait to see where she keeps going. Because she'll probably put out some more amazing shit. Yeah. I hope she does. I'm sure she will. I have no doubt. Yeah. But yeah, that's Robin. Good for you, Robin. Fuck yeah, Robin. Here for it. Also, so like, 
are things going to get better? <laughs> I want to put Robin in my pocket and then pull around and be like, are things going to get better, Robin? And then she's going to talk to me in Swedish. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to say that's yes. I think she knows English. <laughs> she 100% knows English. But... And she would probably be like, I mean, shit's good, still going to, shit going shit. Shit going shit. <laughs> but there's going to be some bright spots and it's going to get a little bit better. Yeah. A little bit. I cannot recommend the album Honey enough <laughs> right now. If you're going through a fucking time. Yep. Cannot it's... recommend it enough. And she got some dancey jams and some karaoke jams. So oh good my God. For her. Yep. Good for her. She covers the, she covers her bases. Yep. Can enjoy all of it. And yeah. So thank you all so much for listening mm-hmm. to our wonderful tale about Robin. I hope you are going to go and listen to her now because she's fucking great. <laughs> She is, though. She is, though. Seriously. And, you know, you guys can uh, go ahead and keep supporting us. Keep listening to us every week. Go to iTunes, too, and maybe drop us a five-star review. That'd be cool. Or just go to our website, www.rockcandypodcast.com. What's our website? It is www.rockcandypodcast.com. There you go. You got it. That's the baby. Yes, you can go there. You can comment on episodes or drop us an email or find us on social media. We'd love to talk. We'd love to hear your thoughts about, you know, what do you think about the current pop structure? I really like getting messages from people. Seriously. When you're not telling us we suck. So, you know. Well, like, I guess if all you're saying is we suck, I'm like, well, I mean. But you suck too. So, yeah, I mean, seriously. Okay. I mean, like, whatever. Well, also, if you like us, send us a message. We'll respond to you. It's yeah, nice. We will. <laughs> it's like getting mail it in, like, like in an actual mail. mailbox. It's kind of nice. It's fun. It's a good time. <laughs> and then also, please go visit the Pantheon Network, where we yes. are home to with many other amazing music podcasts. Give them your listens to. That would be pretty solid if you did yeah. that. And if you really like us and you want to give us some money, give us money, then you can go to <laughs> patreon.com slash rock candy podcast and uh, you can donate, donate some stuff to us and yeah. get some really awesome shit back. Got some bonus episodes, some bonus month. episodes, some swag, swag some swag, shout swag, outs swag. and it's some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. And it helps us out so much. You have no idea. Guys, how much, like, we're sincerely legit. grateful came in clutch this month seriously thank you so much to everyone who gives to our patreon and even thank you so much to everyone who is listening to us shout into the abyss yeah it is insanely cathartic right now (laughs) (laughs) oh yes awesome so tune in next week for more crazy stories from the wild world of music and Mm -hmm. until then party on ashley party on maggie and party on you crazy kids out there See you next Tuesday. You is a punk.